Hello and welcome to yet another episode of We and Got No Podcast. I am Ram Srinivas, your host, and also our host today is Jimmy Funnel. Hello. As always, hello. <laughs> hello. Yes, as always, not just today. And we have a recurring guest for, I believe, the first time in this podcast series. Second. So, second. Who was our yeah. Who was our first repeat guest? Oh no, the first repeat guest. Sorry, forget about it. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, all right. Our first repeating guest for We and Got No podcast is Mr. Robert Hansen, known as Simon Gabriel, formerly known as Simon Gabriel on the on the on the comment sections. So, hello. Glad to have you back yes. again. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just a matter of time really after after the time we had during the last podcast which was probably the third or fourth episode anyhow i believe that during that episode simon or listen i'm just going to oscillate between calling you simon and robert so don't mind please um yeah so i think we missed out on asking you how you started supporting chelsea that was not something we were asking everyone at the time because like, you were our first community member to come on so yeah um apologies for that and would you like to fill us in now as to how we started supporting the blues sure absolutely um it's an interesting story i'll make it quick though cuz i'll ramble otherwise uh-huh. um the company i was working for back around 1999 um we had just set up a new regional office like a european office uh in a the little tiny burg of stains just you know about an hour west of london mm-hmm. and i was sent over for about a month right before christmas to uh train up some new hires over there sure um, so i got fully immersed in the experience right and i was a not a huge soccer fan you know didn't grow up with it really besides playing as a kid a little bit okay. but it was huge you know and i was interested i like sports in general and when i got there my counterpart was a liverpool fan and uh uh-huh. his boss the, the guy i was working with was a chelsea fan okay. um so i had to kind of choose between boss and and counterpart mm-hmm. so you know i went a little bit with boss on that one i also just very simplistically I'm a fan of the color blue so it worked out right um yeah you know i still have a newspaper uh copy of the sports section from when i was there because uh-huh. back then i'm not sure how big of sport you guys were then but there was a long stretch where between liverpool and chelsea it was the home side that won like nine uh-huh. matches in a row or something Wow, okay. uh, which, which was fascinating because it kept going. Whoever was at home won, um, and I was just really into it. And I got caught up in it, and it was fun ribbing, you know, my counterpart. He, you know, him being a Liverpool guy, I had to jump on the bandwagon and pick on him. And yeah. I think the most recent one was a Chelsea win, <clears throat> and I also just like the fact that it was in London too. It, it seemed a little cool at the time. It was very random, right? Um, and of course, that was before Roman and all of his money, so it was. You know, not not affected by that. And then over time, um, you know, I started following it. While I was there, I, I you know immersed myself in it and had a few uh, soccer forums that I was on between then and you know a decade later when I finally got to uh, wagon. Um, and I just stuck with it. You know, Chelsea was uh, the the team that I went with. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like a good story. I was probably about two years old at the time, so. I have no, <laughs> yeah, I no guess, idea. <laughs> I guess that hit twenty years for me. This is the twentieth year that I've been supporting him. So that's amazing. That's I'm amazing. Old, thanks. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not 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 going to remind you about your age too much, though. So let's uh, get to business. Then we played Manchester City on Saturday. The prime time kickoff. I mean, late kickoff rather, not exactly prime time. But it was a pretty exciting game, at least, at least for for some part. Uh, you know, the first twenty five minutes when you were absolutely bossing it, and looked pretty much par for course with Man City, if not better. But then everything sort of unraveled, and maybe they had some luck on their side. But ultimately, they ended up winning two one. So, Jimmy, what were your thoughts on the game? Well. Um... Ambivalent, because on the one hand, I thought we saw ourselves quite well, but it was 
similar story as it has been uh, against these bigger teams that we basically play well for a period of the game but ultimately succumb to pressure um, individual mistakes etc which in this case there was a bit of uh, misfortune as well because that deflection on uh, the first goal that came at the worst time when we were actually really really doing well but then again I don't think that Kepa would have actually gotten to it might be wrong here just seemed that way even if it wouldn't have been deflected so um, never know but yeah that, it's just very crucial time where we conceded there and yeah we had to pay for it i mean manchester manchester city despite starting this game uh a spot behind us in the table you know let's not forget this is a fantastic team that's spent hundreds of millions of uh pounds uh in making it the squad that is today where i think apart from liverpool not even liverpool squad depth wise depth wise uh, can really compete with them on that front so you know losing to them away 2-1 isn't the worst result you know we could have won we didn't that's just the way it is I think one can live with that one has to really I mean we don't have any other choice anyway the only snag is that as already mentioned this we start strong and then it all goes wrong. That's something that I don't know if it's mentality. Is it something else? We have to wait and see, but Frank has to address it. And I, I think him being someone who's hungry to win every single game will be looking at it and saying, how can I change this? I hope he has a good idea. Yeah. So those were my, uh, these are my overall thoughts. Uh, I mean, going into detail, of course, we can talk about that even more. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how about you tell us, Robert? Um, my perspective on it, and just to address really quick, Jimmy, <clears throat> I just watched the first half again this morning. Uh-huh. And that goal that got deflected, it yeah. actually was going right at Keppa. They showed a okay. camera angle from behind, and it was drifting right at him, and he was leaning for it. And it was Zuma that got his foot and tapped it back to the left going opposite counter of where Kappa was going. That's why he didn't get it. I think at the very least he would have got a deflection on it. So Okay. Which makes it all the more unfortunate, right? Yeah. Right. You know, and similarly the second goal, um, you know, I watched that one and and I repeated it a few times because Emerson's a hot take right now. Yeah. You know, I'm watching it and he was coming in, um, you know, because it was kind of a bit on the counter, right? It wasn't just like they were set up. And Emerson drifted a little bit slow and got a little bit slow in front of him. And I think he was expecting Kovacic to come and, and pinch it down. Now, that doesn't mean that Emerson's relieved of blame there. He still wasn't in up enough on, on Mares. But it looked like there was a bit of a communication issue. And once that happened, Emerson's stuck, you know, dead in the water, right? He's too far turned and too far forward of Mares to cut off the middle. And at that point, he's beaten, and, uh, you know, then the, the pass comes and the goal happens. Well, I'm sorry, Mara shot it and scored it, right? Yeah. But he still managed yeah. to, to squeak it through. Um, in both cases, you know, the first goal was a Jorginho pass that was a, a bad pass from Kovacic to Jorginho, and then Jorginho, for some reason, decided to try to quickly pass it on to Tammy, who wasn't really holding his man up, and that's when they got the ball. You know, and... and we had uh, at least two other times where we had individual mistakes. Kepa with the ball right to Aguero that hit the ball. Oh, my gosh. Tomori kicking it right to someone, and they didn't make the goal, but it, it was a bad incident. <clears throat> and this game could have this game could have been like 3-3 at the half, the way everyone was. You know, William had his miss early. Uh, De Bruyne had his miss early. That Both of those were like mirror images of each other going about a foot and a half from the bar on the far side. Yeah. What what seemed like though is and and I've touched on this a little bit before online. You know, City took advantage of their opportunities. We didn't, and then after they got ahead, they've got a lot of leadership on that side, right? They've got a lot of players that have played a lot of minutes. They're comfortable with each other, 
and they just kind of settled down. You know, they they took control, not necessarily of the tempo of, but but like of what they wanted to do. They assert, they asserted themselves, and we're still such a young side, and with a new manager, a lot of young players, and you know our veteran players are guys that, barring a couple of them, are still new to Chelsea. Like Georgina, it's only his second year, for example. Kovacic, his second year. Um, and we just, we panicked a little bit, I think, and we didn't know what to do. And I don't think we ever got comfortable enough to assert ourselves. And going to your point, Jimmy, about this keeps happening, you know, whether we're in the 4-2-3-1 or the 4-3-3, we start aggressive, and it's like we make that first punch, we take a counter punch, and then we're not sure how to get back in the game. Yeah. And, and it, it seems a consistent pattern, regardless of how we play. You know, sit back or be aggressive early. Either way, it's the same thing that's happening. And I, it just, I feel like there needs to be more leadership on the pitch. Um, you know, I mentioned it once, and someone said, "Well, that's Jorginho's job." Well, but we need like three or four leaders on the pitch. Exactly. Can't just pin it all the, on him. Yeah, to take those young guys and just calm them down. You know, like we need to, for example, be able to sit if we're struggling, not just keep giving the ball away in possession. Move the ball around a little, a little bit. You know, positively. In the forward half, not with our center backs, and, and look for a good shot. Look for some good opportunity, and take control of the match that way. I mean, that's what City did, and it's something that we just simply can't seem to be able to do yet. No, that's my that's my high level for that for match. Well, tactics, what do you tactics, think? Uh, tactics wise, do you do you think that our midfield setup eventually? I mean, I noticed that Man City were. Pretty easy to get through to once you beat their initial press, but then I saw that they were also bypassing our midfield very easily. So well, it's it's kind of been it's kind of been a theme this season, hasn't it? Chelsea leaving their midfield wide open at times. So do, do you think that that's just something we're gonna have to learn, to, gonna have to learn to live with, or do you see Lampard moving to accommodate that in some way? Like I I know that having Having Conte in the game is probably going to help to some extent, but then he's not the guy screening. The guy screening is Jorginho. I'm not saying I'm not saying any of it is his fault directly, but the fact of the matter is it is pretty easy to bypass our midfield. And uh, many a time I saw Kevin De Bruyne um, receiving the ball in these half spaces where he could cause a lot of damage, and he was pretty open in those half spaces, which is not something you would want to allow him to do. So. Is this is this just something we're gonna have to gonna have to live with for the foreseeable future because it's the it's a trade off we have for you know the style of football that we're playing for the style of football that caused Man City all those problems in the first twenty minutes. You know my take on that. I I feel like our our back six and seven just still isn't a good cohesive unit yet. Okay. You know, our center backs are young. They're not. Uh, they don't have that presence of, like, say, a Terry or uh, a Cahill or you know uh, other veteran players like that. <clears throat> and they're not getting pushed up tight, and they're not confident on the ball. Uh, like even last year with Rudy and with Louise, they were comfortable on the ball, comfortable passing the ball forward. Um, you know, we got beat at times, but not really. Um, if you take out a couple of bad matches and you take out our, our you know, set-piece goals last year. We did really well defensively at open play and against counters and things. Um, but this year, our struggle is, you know, we're not getting pushed forward as a group. We're not comfortable as a group. And I yeah. think people are over-pursuing at times to make up for other people's hesitancy. And I think then we lose our shape and those those half spaces open up. And I... You, at the start of the season, I really thought the four-three-three was our more sound defensive structure. I'm starting to wonder if that four-two-three-one is better off. And I even personally think that Conte and Kovacic should be the pivot. I'm a Jorginho fan, but I don't think with what Lampard wants to do, I don't know if he's the best answer for it or not. And I felt that way from the start of the season. I think I still feel that way, to be honest. Okay. Well, that's um, that's an interesting problem we're going to have. Like, I, I thought that in this match, it required a lot of press breaking. And that's why 
he played a midfield three of um, Jorginho, Kante, and Kovacic, as opposed to Mason Mount, who he has started in, I think, every every other game up until that one. So, Jimmy, do you see do you see this being like a go-to tactical thing where if you have a team like Manchester City where you it's essential that you break the lines and you you break their first line of press because that's going to be your most important step in transition. But Mason Mount maybe sits that one out and lets Kovacic start because he's probably going to be like the most important person to be able to facilitate that. Well, actually, I mean, I personally think that Mason Mount is one of the go-to midfielders if you want to really press an opponent, if you ask me, sure. because that's one of the qualities that, okay, maybe he's not as fast as a Kylian Mbappe or as um, clinical as a Lionel Messi. You know, I'm using some big names here. But um, one thing he really is good at is hounding opposition. Yeah. And um, that's why I personally think that he's essential. Every time we haven't had him in the team, we've struggled, if you ask me. Every time he hasn't played, we've struggled, and that's why I'd rather have him in the fold every every game we play. I, I'll be completely honest. I know there are people on you know, Twitter and all saying, oh, he's so crap and all that. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, that is more than ridiculous. Oh, I don't even get me started on that. No. That, that one post that one could see of... Uh, Fans being unhappy because he scored for England. That, I yeah, mean, that the was group chat. Yeah, yeah. I I know some of those, and they, you know, these are children. I'll be completely honest. These are children. Uh, they are very young. That doesn't excuse them. It just shows how stupid they are. But yeah. you know, you, you can't you can't take that seriously because Mason Mount is one of our best players this season, hands down. He might not be scoring the goals or getting the assists as frequently as he did early in the season. But Mason Mount is pivotal to our playing of the system that we like to play under Frank. If you ask me, um, he's. I think it's just that, as we already talked about in previous episodes, it's difficult, of course. to. How do you want to get three great midfielders like Jorginho, Kovacic and and Kante together with Mason that Mount uh, and soon the likes of Room Loftus Cheek, you know, into one liner. It's it's impossible. And I mean that's great to have this selection headache. Don't get me wrong, but if we're talking about style of play, then I think Mason Mount is important to continue the way we have been playing and the way we have been winning. And I think that if Mason Mount would have started maybe the game would have looked differently. I mean, that's always your hindsight. You know, you can, it's impossible to say for sure, but that's just my sense and my feeling that I think we would have done better with Mason Mount in the side from the start. Um, that's how important I think he is. Uh, his energy, his pressing, etc. as already mentioned. Yeah. So if we're going to continue the way we have been playing, then Mason Mount has to start. You know, to piggyback on that a little bit too, Ram, because uh, initially you were talking about breaking the press. Uh, yeah. And Jimmy mentioned about pressing them, but I think it, it, it those link up. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think with Jorginho, we're trying to pass through the press. Yeah. And and I'm not sure that Tammy's the right guy to get the ball that way and play it really? forward like a Giroud is. Yeah. Whereas when you've got Mason Mount on there in the middle playing off of Tammy, and you've got Kovacic and Kante, Kante that are both bringing the ball forward, I think you've got a little more uh, synergy in terms of passing triangles, and you're playing on the sides instead of trying to go through the middle. And, and I think that really would make a difference. Um, and I think we're going to have the ball more in that forward half as well because of it. With Jorginho, now I know, for example, on the previous match, when we pulled Jorginho out, the center backs just passed back and forth to each other, and that happened a little bit today, this last match too. Mm-hmm. But that to me, that's that's on Kovacic and Conte to to better facilitate that, and also on on our fullbacks. Um, that's that's a tactical fix that Lampard needs to have. Um, but I think with Jorginho in there against a lot of these teams, we're just passing the ball around and we're not getting it forward enough. And yeah. I think it's because we're 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 doing that round peg in a square hole kind of thing. I I just Frank loves Jorginho, but I don't know if he fits what Frank wants to do. 
even if he likes him. It just doesn't feel like the right fit. And to me, it hasn't. So. Yep, I can see that. Uh, although I don't necessarily agree with you on Tammy not being that kind of striker. I think that he, he he's not quite there yet, but it's it just seems insane. But he's that young, he, right? I mean, he's he, he's young, young, exactly. But then it just seems it seems crazy that you wouldn't. I mean, you, you do agree that he can be nurtured into that kind of cycle, right? Because when you have the physical tools that he does, like it's it's kind of a no-brainer to. Uh, I mean, he he should be making a lot more of his physical advantage, but he doesn't right now for for whatever reason. But then I, I, I hope that's. Got, yeah. I think he has oh, to I, I, still, you know, his, he's got to get that strong leg, that strong core. That's, that's the next yeah, thing yeah. for him to develop. And it's, again, it's a young thing. So. No, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that he, he could be one of those strikers that is an absolute menace for defenses at times. Like I, I saw it at times during Ajax and like, uh, just, you know, glimpses here and there against Man City as well, where he, they would have had a really hard time dealing with him if he, Applied himself in the right way, but then it's all part of the part of the growing process, I guess. So that was that was our discussion on the Manchester City game. We're going to take a short break now, and we will be back for some interesting statistic-related discussions. Okay, and we are back. Um, as Ram mentioned before the break. We are going to, of course, talk about stats here uh, in regard to Man- the Man City game, but also the general season that we've had up until now. Um, <clears throat> one of the major talking points on Saturday or after the game on Saturday was Emerson. There are people that say that he's absolutely inept defensively, which I can't agree with. Uh, yes, he did have a bad game. I'm not going to say anything against that, but... I think people are quick to forget the kind of season he had before he got injured. He was fantastic. And he was one of our, statistically speaking, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of our best players, if not the best, before he got injured. And um, yes, he had a bad game, but I think I'm not sure who was, who said it, Ram or Simon. Uh, sorry, Robert. Um, yeah, both names were, whatever, you know, everyone knows who I'm talking about. So, um, he, he, it wasn't just on Emerson there. This is something that people like to forget. Everyone's gushing about Kovacic, including me. He's been fantastic. But this wasn't just on Emerson. Miscommunication can very well have been the problem there. And, you know, just laying it on on Emerson after having one bad game is ridiculous. He also had a crossing uh, opportunity he didn't take, which is frustrating. But personally, I still think he's one of the choices to have at left back um, if we're not going to play with Reese James. Yes, to start, but of course, one needs stats to back that up, or not. Um, Simon, you're the stat man next to Ram. Um, <laughs> what what can you tell us about that? Okay, um, just a little bit on Emerson. Um, when you look at Emerson, you look at uh, Alonso. Those are the two guys that want to be people. You know, mm. neither one. To me, neither one's like a top five or six fullback, obviously. Um, there's a few guys out there that are just way ahead of the curve. I would probably say neither one's probably a top ten right now, which is, again, fair. There's a lot of good ones. But I definitely feel that Emerson's top 20, and I'd probably argue that if you look in wingback, Alonzo's definitely top 20. <clears throat> They're very similar in terms of uh, key passes, you know, chances created in terms of expected numbers. Um, you know, people love to say, well, you know, Emerson doesn't have the assists for the goals, but that's where the, you know, things like expected numbers really help smooth it out a little bit. Right. Because, you know, for example, an expected assist, the data is there, whether or not someone actually scored the goal or not. Um, you know, so like if we were looking at expected numbers between the two and I've got it right here, I'm using the understat numbers. That's, that's what I have. Um, you know, Alonzo is, you know, 0.12 expected goals for 90, 0.2 expected assists for 90. You know, where do you go? Emerson, 0.08 goals for 90, 0.12 assists for 90. A little bit behind, but to be fair, again, Alonzo played not only when we had our best period, our best run, but he also played as a wingback, which meant that while, yes, he's going to have some defensive numbers, he doesn't have nearly as much defensive responsibility, he's playing forward more. Emerson's mm. biggest period with us 
was the start of the season when we were still trying to find ourselves, right? Um, and he was definitely leading the way on a team that was struggling a bit. So to me, those numbers are pretty close. Um, <clears throat> I also was looking at crossing. I'm not going to look at defensive metrics, by the way, because that's a that's a very long conversation that implies, you know, possessions and how yeah. we're utilizing them and things defensive like metrics that. Defensive metrics are just dodgy. So. Yeah, I, you can tell whatever story you want and actually yeah. tell the story properly with those numbers because exactly it's impossible to get all the context in. Yeah, um, I think they're both. I think Emerson's a little better in terms of being able to get back, track back his pace. Alonzo's taller, is maybe a little better at, at interceptions because he's he seems like a pretty smart player as well that way. So it's a bit of a wash. I give a little bit to Emerson defensively. <clears throat> What really struck me, and I put a big giant article on our, our, our daily page on this, was crossing. Everyone wants to talk about crossing. There, there was a video that was put on, it was a pretty interesting video, showing how in, ooh, the same similar situation, Liverpool player Robertson was able to get a cross off, and Everson did. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was interesting, but it's still, again, without context, right? Um, Liverpool is a side that crosses all the time. Robertson has 70 cross attempts this year. Uh, Alexander-Arnold has 153 cross attempts. All four of our fullbacks combined, Alonzo, Emerson, Espilicueta, and James, have 80. Yikes. (laughs) So we just don't do it, right? We don't have that familiarity, that volume, that willingness to always cross the ball, which is going to have an impact. You know, Liverpool, it's a a foregone conclusion they're going to cross it. That's what they do. That's what they always do. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the numbers, too, everyone talks about Robertson's assists. Well, that's great. He has three cross assists for 70 attempts. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Alexander Arnold has two cross assists for 153 attempts. Mm-hmm. That's not very good. Um, you know, Emerson doesn't have one yet, but he's only got 18 attempts. Alonzo has one assist for 24 attempts. Aspie, one assist for 32 attempts. They're both on a better pace than Alexander Arnold. We just don't do it, right? Yeah. Um, and I pulled a couple of other full left backs from the league. Chilwell, two cross assists on 41 attempts. However, it, he's also only 17% accurate on his crosses. You know, Emerson's 33, Alonzo's 25, Asby's like 34%. So he's got soon. the assist numbers, but overall his crossing isn't very accurate. Um, mm. Digne at uh, Everton. Two cross assists, 122 attempts, and about a 25% accuracy. So he's a lot like Alexander Arnold that way. So it really depends on the style of play. Now, does that excuse our guys from not being better at crossing? No. But if you're not crossing the ball 10 times a match, it's a lot harder to not only find the right cross, but also to be in a position to do it. And I still personally think on the video showing with Emerson, because I just watched it again this morning, it looks like he got the ball on his right foot. He had to kind of take a bit of a half step to get the ball under control, and by then, the moment was gone, I think. And I still think that the shot was... He should have shot, should he have shot the ball better, sure. But I think the shot was still the best choice there. <clears throat> Tammy wouldn't agree, but I agree with you. <laughs> you know, that's okay, right? I mean... And I comment there too. I think I think Tammy's uh, frustration was a little too much. I get that he's upset he didn't get the ball, but I also don't think he should be jumping up and down. Again, he's young. He's got to just keep that a little bit reserved, you know. Because how are you going to react if you're Emerson? You see him jump up and down. It really doesn't motivate you to do it again, right? You know, that's just my take there. But no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's just the inexperience of Tammy, you know. Although yeah, yeah. then again, William does that very often on he's over 30. So then again, I think it's also something that just you do or you don't do. So well, it yeah. comes back to our uh, leadership on the pitch comment too earlier. Exactly. So. Yeah, very, hmm. very, very good. Yeah, right. I agree. Just um, speaking of statistics and trends, uh, I was looking at expected goals data from strikers in the top five European leagues and Abraham is arguably the best when it comes to a balance between expected goals 
per shot on an average and you know sh- shots for 90 because you like a striker that shoots but you don't like a striker who takes a lot of pot shots every game like cristiano ronaldo if he's not cristiano ronaldo so um uh, so, someone who actually is like that is lotaro martinez or so so the statistics suggest and i saw some calls for lotaro martinez after tammy didn't have a couple of good games and i just i just wanted to emphasize on the point that we we need to i mean i don't think enough people realize that tammy is really really doing well accord i mean even if you have every other striker in the best leagues in europe as a benchmark he's right up there with the numbers um it's like uh he's even better than the likes of warner who were saying we should bring in uh martinez is another one and musa dembele another option that we talk about is actually one of those strikers who doesn't shoot enough and doesn't shoot from very good positions either but he's been on like a crazy hot streak so but we do know he's a good striker because he's done well in these metrics in previous seasons and like that's the value in looking at expected goals you, you have to you have to look at trends and strikers over years for example temu puki has a history of outperforming expected goals so we know he's a good finisher and that's that's the thing with abraham as well he he may seem like he misses some good chances and but but i what how i choose to think of it is he gets himself into those positions just as many times so he's he's presented with that many more opportunities so you're going to see him miss them but he still converts at a really good rate he's he's at i think 25% the season and that's that's the thing he's been maintaining since his first season in professional football and his 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 expected goal numbers were good even when he was at swansea which were which was a really really bad team in that season so how how sold are we on tammy abraham because he, he i i don't know if i don't know if anyone expected him to do so well but the numbers are backing him up right there They, like it's it's like his championship expected goal numbers have translated directly to his premier league expected goal numbers and that's i think that's a hallmark of a good striker so um Simon how do you how do you process that kind of data <clears throat> well you know since you had mentioned uh, uh possibly talking about forwards ahead of this yeah I, I took some looks and um you know I was using you know again my understat data and they have that yeah. they have that radar chart right yeah um, you know it's got like shots it's got the expected numbers the actual numbers the build up <clears throat> and what I found that was interesting was that the Tammy is in a group of forwards that are efficient shooters. Yeah. Uh, you know, good scores, good expected scores. Yeah. Um they don't have as many assists, although they have a decent expected assist number. Mm-hmm. But they also don't have as much build up. Um yeah. which kind of played into what we were talking about earlier that as a young young forward still, he's not back to the goal, come back to that halfway stripe and get the ball and play off of it yet. Yeah. Like, that's not his thing. Yeah. Um, he's more of a around the box, get it to him, help bang it in kind of player. Yeah. And I noticed the forwards, the good forwards at least, that had similar radar charts to him. So kind of similar all around, basically similar players. You know, like a Vardy, right? Uh like an Aubameyang, uh an Aguero actually, which I thought was interesting. Um a Cardi a little bit. Uh Werner is similar, Lewandowski is kind of similar. I mean, he's he's a yeah. hard one to compare, right? Because his numbers are astronomical. Yeah. Um Paco was similar. Um mm-hmm. which Really, so those are all the same kind of player where they're not coming back. You're not running that offense through them in the middle yeah. of the field so much as you're just using them to score goals, right? Yeah, yeah. Or play some one-two in the box. <clears throat> the other types of forwards that I had seen that were that were different, as I was comparing radars, you've got like a Lacazette, you've got a Firmino, you've got Kane, uh, Lukaku, Benzema, Morata. Lataro actually was was different because he is a little more involved in the build-up. But to be fair, Conte's using him in a two-forward setup, so it's a different situation. Um, like a Suarez, the same way. Guys that are more involved in build-up, maybe take more shots to get uh, you know, their goals. So I thought it was interesting how that played in terms of the 
what were really two different types of primary strikers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when we're looking at what Tammy is, what we want him to be, you know, right now he's he's in a pretty good set. Um, <clears throat> we'd like him to be a little bit better in terms of buildup because, you know, right, be more balanced. Mm -hmm. But he's good where he's at. Um, you know, he's not going to be that, like a Suarez type where he's going to have 15 assists and 40 goals. He's not that player, I don't think. I just don't yeah. think his footwork's there. You know, that's more of a wing forward hybrid, like a like a plie or something for the younger guys. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and then what I also thought about was, you know, because what we want is, I personally, I think we want Tammy. Definitely Tammy's our guy. Um, I couldn't find a quote for myself, and I was mad about it. But I know somewhere, and it might have been on um, the, Lon the London is Blue um, little chat thing that I have with them. But I mentioned somewhere that I figured that Tammy probably have, you know, if he didn't get at least 15 goals, I'd be disappointed, right? Because yeah. that's kind of the mark we set for Murata that we didn't get to. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely going to happen, I think, this year. I don't think there's any chance yeah. he's going to not score. That's probably going to happen. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's realistic. Don't um, jinx you know, it. Don't jinx it. Uh, don't jinx it. Yeah. Touch wood. So, uh, don't jinx it. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, I don't want to jinx it, definitely. But, <laughs> but with that given the case, and I definitely think that Tammy's our guy, what really matters, you know, either one or two of Michi and uh, Drew are going to leave, right? So what yeah. we need to look at then is who do we want to bring in to back up Tammy, um, you know, a Drew type is that other type of forward, you know, the guy with the back to the goal, um, you know, and maybe like a, so like a Lacazette maybe, or like a Haller or like a Plie, you know, if we have to replace Michy, then we're looking at, you know, either a veteran guy <clears throat> that doesn't mind not playing or a young guy like an Nkuku or an Osimhen, if I pronounce those wrong, I'm sorry, uh, or maybe like a Dembele, although I think a Dembele is more of a, direct challenge to Tammy. Mm -hmm. um, but I noticed those two guys as well were young players that that are putting up good numbers. Yeah, Osimhen was putting up really good numbers. Dembele has kind of surprised me, but I mean, I don't, I don't know why he was showing up as the... I mean, he, he wasn't showing up great on, on, on expected goals, but, um, but yeah, these are things you look at over seasons, and last season, Dembele was absolutely killing it on these metrics, so... Lil lost a lot of players, though, so I think that's part of the reason. Yeah, exactly. So Leon, um, Leon was probably doing a lot better as a team Probably's last season as well. Yeah. So yeah, oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah. season, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that 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 definitely has an effect as well. I've been I've been observing that in other places as well. But yeah, yeah I guess it's uh, I guess it's good to see that we have a good. Good striker coming straight out of the academy. I mean, not straight out of the academy, but you know, you know what I mean. Wait, can can I just ask because uh, I mean, we're not having a transfer talk today, so we're not going to get yeah. into that really. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, we had that last week, but just out of interest, uh, Simon, if Michi and or Michi, whatever, uh, and yeah. Giroud were to leave, who who would be your first choice to come in? <clears throat> um, boy, um. You know, right off the bat, I liked Haller. I always have. I liked him last year. Yeah. And, um, and he started producing early on with West Ham, but they've been so bad. They have. <clears throat> Sorry. And I don't think it's his fault, but he's tailed off a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but that could make him cheap. It's so. Uh, you know, yeah, no it would be a good yeah. buy, I think, because he's proven. Do you think he'd be a starter here? No, I think he'd be in a similar situation. I just think yeah. that we're better off than Arsenal right now, right? He's, so he probably he's has a better chance of starting at Arsenal, doesn't he? Because Aubameyang isn't getting any younger. So. And he's a guy who relies on his pace. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what he wants to do, right? Yeah. Um, I also like Play. Play, however you pronounce it. Alessand Play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, and he's, he's handy because he's also a... Uh, yeah, a wing possibility as well. So yeah, that that's a good one. Uh, I was I was looking at some some carry metrics and he was doing really. He's always done really well for creating shots after carries. You know, even going back yeah. to his time at Nice, I checked out some historical data as well. And player was doing really well there. So that that's a good idea. I I always feel as if your second choice striker or third choice striker should also be able to play on the wing so as to you know free up a lot more options for everyone overall. <laughs> Well, it's going to give him a chance to play too, right? So he's not going to be that third guy sitting on the bench. So yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So, uh, you, you know, funny thing you you mentioned you mentioned Sebastian Allaire. Um, he uh, it's it's usually a really good sign when you're on a team that isn't doing so well, isn't giving you the best service. So you're you're not shooting as much as you'd like to. So so in the when I was when I was talking about Musa Dembele not shooting as much as he should. and not getting in the best positions but you know scoring at a good rate anyway because he's probably a good striker um you can say the same about sebastian aller who is scoring at a decent rate like he, he's doing okay but also west ham is like really bad as of now but aller's average expected goal per shot is something like i think 0.2 or 0.25 or something, which is really high. Meaning, uh, every every four shots he's going to take, he's, he has a, he's uh, he is expected to score in every four shots that he's going to take. So that's it's always a good sign to see someone on a weak team put up numbers like that. So yeah, he he'd probably be my first first pick for second choice striker if he ever had to go for it. Yeah, it is a good creator okay. too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like okay. that real nuisance kind of striker. <laughs> okay. So. so before we continue, we're just going to have one more break. Welcome back, and we head to the Mestala next in Valencia, Spain, where Chelsea play their penultimate group game of the Champions League. We have we're we're in a bit of a precarious position. Having having drawn, having failed to beat Ajax, rather, I really, really wish we could have got the win over there. But as things stand, Chelsea really, really need to win this game in order to just just get just get progression done with by by this game week. Otherwise, you're you're depending on other results to go your way. And in addition to winning your own, which is never a good place to be in. So. Obviously, this game is really important, and as we saw last time, Valencia were not a swashbuckling attacking side. They, I mean, at least at Stamford Bridge, they looked to soak up pressure and then hit us on the break, which is kind of how they got the fake, the letter, the goal, I guess, and fashioned fashioned a couple of chances as well. So, how? I mean, uh, Simon, I, <laughs> Simon, yeah, Simon. I'm just gonna go with that. Uh, it's 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 like muscle memory. So, um, do you think do you think they're gonna set up the same way since they're playing at the Mastala? And if they do, how best do we counter it? Yeah, I mean they're still gonna line up in a four four two, right? That's their thing. Yeah, and I think they're gonna sit back because again, that's what they do. They're yeah. not they're not a powerhouse side, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Last match we played a. We played the four three or a three four two one mm-hmm. because that's what we were doing. I think the shield Alonso at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope. Uh, I, no, I, I saw the little thing just as we were on the the call here that Alonso didn't make the trip. So I definitely don't think that's what we're gonna do this time. Um, really? Did he not make the trip? Wow. <clears throat> Alonso didn't make the trip. Yeah, and like, uh, Hudson Odoi didn't either. So. Really? Oh, right. yeah. I mean, Hudson Odoi was uh, recovering from hamstring problems, so. I didn't see why Alonso didn't make it. I just saw that he, he, he isn't on the trip. So. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. <clears throat> I personally want us to play a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. I want us to be aggressive early. Mm-hmm. I would rather get the goals early like we were doing in our, our hot streak and then worry about shoring up mm-hmm. than struggle and have to find goals in the second half. That's just not our MO this year. Yeah. Um, I personally... Would play Conte and Kovacic in the pivot. I'd play Mount up front, William and Polistic on the sides. I was going to lean towards Hudson Adoy, but if he's out, then just because of his directness. Um, yeah. Same. You know, Tammy up front. Um, you know, knowing that Alonso's not on the trip, I would probably play Emerson and Espelicueta okay. only because <clears throat> I like the idea of bringing James on. I don't really like the idea of bringing Emerson on, and I don't see as Pulikweta sitting. Mm-hmm. This is how it works out. Uh, but I'd be fine either way. Um, yeah. And I, I would just want us to, to press the heck out of him. Get a lot of early shots. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I was looking at the, the data for that match, 
you know, and we we only had six. <clears throat> By the way, we didn't mention this in the Manchester City game, and I just want to point it out really fast. Mm-hmm. After the 21st minute, when we scored, we didn't have a shot on target the entire match. Uh-huh. Horrible. Yeah. Absolutely I thought horrible. so. I thought so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And against Valencia, we only had six shots on target at the 22. Mm-hmm. Um, I put some numbers together earlier earlier this morning or last night, whichever it was, and um, we normally have our on-target numbers a lot higher than that. Normally, our on-target number is about 38%. Right. And uh, so we had a poor match in that regard. We only had three on target each half. Um, they only had two shots on target and managed to score one. So mm-hmm. if we had just shot better, we would have won this match. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, just statistically, we, we would have likely won. Right. <clears throat> I also want to point out a fun stat, just because it irks me when I see this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I saw a thing yesterday, the day before on Twitter, uh, bragging up about how Real Madrid's finally getting their money's worth out of Eden Hazard because he had 10 dribbles in a match. <laughs> I just shook my head a little bit. I'm like, for all the things to talk about, right? I, so I just wanted to point out that against Valencia, when we lost one nothing at home, yeah. Yeah. William had nine dribbles. Oh, wow. Okay. Didn't really matter, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a great, it's cool. It's, Great and all, but at the end of the day, it's not putting it's the ball in the right? yeah. yeah, exactly. So it just kind of chuckled at that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we had 60% possession in the first match. We just didn't shoot well. We literally just didn't shoot well. So I think coming out strong early, shooting a lot, I think we're going to put a couple in the net, and I think we're going to be be good after that. Yep, I like that. Hope you're right. Hope you're yeah. right. Um, Jimmy, would you would you play? Would you go with that fullback combination? Actually, I actually no. want, wanted to quick, quickly ask you if you would do the right thing or <laughs> by 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 playing Aspelicueta a left back and Luis Sienza right back. No, I I, re- I mean it's not been published yet, but I've already done my preferred lineup in the uh, community Oops. lineups. Sorry. And, um, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm pretty sure that not people. That people aren't like, oh my god, when's he coming out about that? So <laughs> I don't think we're good on that. Um, I, I'd play with Emerson and Reese James uh, for the simple reason that, you know, I think the dynamic, the direct, um, that's what we need. Cesar's Piliqueta defensively sound, don't get me wrong, especially on the left. I, I liked him on the left when he has played this season. Um, but I don't think we need that. As, as um, Simon already said, you know, we... Uh, want to break out immediately and press and shoot, 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 shoot. And I think Reese James with his crossing ability and Emerson, no one can tell me otherwise, who can also be a very good crosser of the ball and can be great going forward as well. Um, he that, that combination would do us uh, well. I just think that um, Reese James has to start this. You know, I think he's been our go-to bloke when one of the fullbacks hasn't been uh, performing. And that's why he deserves to play. And he's just at the point where I think, if you remember Cesar's Piliqueta, when <clears throat> sorry, when he came the first time to Chelsea, he had to wait about until November, December, and until he really got into the team. And I think this is also the time where Reese James has to uh, get the opportunity uh, to show what he can do. He has already um, partially and uh, become our starting right back. Whether then says as Piliqueta is our go-to left-back or Emerson, whatever, you know, but Reese James, I think he'll be good for this uh, for this encounter, especially if the deep, you know, the set-up deep, and he can just put in some ridiculously effective and dangerous crosses. So he's my man at right-back. I think that's the right answer, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right answer for right-back is Reese James. So, um, okay. Robert, quick scoreline prediction for the Valencia game. Um, you know, I'll go three-one to the good guys. So three-one <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, I, I think at this point we're basically just um, writing the scorelines with at least a one on the opposition side. <laughs> sadly, sadly, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fair enough. Although we did have that good run where we didn't concede for like three games or four games or something. But anyway, um, seems yeah. long gone. Yeah, it does seem long gone, doesn't it? Football, yeah, that, that's football, isn't it? Very short memory. But mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, my my scoreline will probably be two one to us. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be Norvi. It's gonna be annoying because Valencia are pretty annoying. And I I remember it was like watching watching someone play Millwall in the championship last time. They they were playing that kind of game. Yeah. And that, that that that's not to say the Millwall play play a bad game. They play an effective game, which is what Valencia did. But yeah, I I think we're gonna edge it one um, two. So that's that's my prediction, and Jimmy, I will leave it to you to wrap things up and give your prediction. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to be Mr. Spoil with the party pants uh, and say we're going to draw against them. Oh my god! <laughs> um, last yeah. time I said that we won, so don't don't have a cow. He's doing man. the double reverse jinx. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> goddamn right you are. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Um, but on that note, we're going to end the podcast for the day. We have spoken about quite a few things. Uh, we have had more um, focus on stats today, which I think is always interesting to hear. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy who talks about stats, so I like to just lean back and listen to you guys, the experts in that department. So thank you very much for coming on, uh, Simon uh, or Robert. If that really is your real name, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I love this. This is a lot of fun. I am absolutely sure we're going to hear from you soon again on the podcast because we did talk initially about some community members. You know, if they uh, want to, they can come on more off. Uh, you know, more than once. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I mean, that I, I'm sure when we come to uh, the second half of the season, uh, which is at end of December approximately, one could talk about maybe doing a, a special where we look at all the stats from the first half of the season and uh, discuss that. Um, I think that would be quite a lot of fun, and a lot of people would like to hear that. Um, Sound good? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, you guys so, could always have yeah. me and Broody on together for a sorry podcast. But... Yeah, I don't know about Broody. He's he's too sexy with that I got, voice. I got to work with my <laughs> voice, so I'm going to be honest with you. I got to talk a little bit lower down like this, you know. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, but on... <laughs> that's all from us for this week. Uh, thank you again, Simon. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully after two excellent wins against Valencia and whoever we play at the weekend. Um and that's all from us. As always, keep the blue flag flying high and up the chills. <laughs>